As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Time, space, reality. These are the voyages of the starship. What if? Shut up, Wesley! Welcome to What If TV Talk. What? Or is it panel to screen? I don't know. Everything's confusing, but maybe. What if it was panel oh. to screen? Oh! <laughs> I think it actually, I, you know what? It, yes. What if, what if it was TV Talk? What if it was Zombocom? Oh, wow. That's that's a, that's a joke before the show even went live. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, we are Bo and Bell here of the uh, Flash TV Talk podcast. We're bringing you some What If TV Talk as part of our TV Talk Plus series. This actually, for all intents and purposes, will conclude the TV Talk Plus series. Maybe, sort of. But what if it doesn't? That's the question I have. <laughs> what if the last episode of What If hasn't been released yet? <laughs> There is a galaxy, a universe, if you will, uh, <laughs> where two podcasters review a show that hasn't completed. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is going to be interesting. This will be a little bit different, but I think it'll be kind of fun. All right. So normally, obviously, for those who have been listening, know that we've been going kind of like a a binge watch, essentially, you know, just kind of going back and, and, and you know, uh, recapping an entire season of these Disney Plus shows. But because of where this fell and kind of our recording schedule and because, you know, maybe we want to test out some things. We are going to be talking about what if specifically all the episodes leading up to the finale, but not the finale. So from one to the penultimate episode, that is what you've got here on this review. It's going to be spoilers for those and nothing but pure speculation for the finale. And honestly, man, that's one of the reasons I've been looking forward to this because 
I miss out on kind of some of these reviews without being able to speculate. Speculation is like, that's, that's kind of a critical component of a quality podcast, in my opinion. That's sort of our bag. It, it is. It is like the Loki TV talk thing, man. I, I don't know. We, we might have. Um, I don't know if we went too far, didn't go far enough or or we lost everybody. But um, one way or the other, we had fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, we're happy that you guys like to listen to that sometimes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is this is such a great, you know, follow up to Loki. Right. Because without the events of Loki, theoretically, there would not be a multiverse to dive into. Uh, we are introduced, of course, in this series to The Watcher. Now, The Watcher, of course, played by Jeffrey Wright, uh, famous for many roles, but of course, uh, known probably predominantly for as Bernard from uh, Westworld. He here does play The Watcher, however, is never actually referred to as Uatu. So are we to assume that he is not Uatu? Because I got to tell you, man, in my head, I've been thinking that he's been Uatu the entire time. Is this is this one of those things where it's like, you know, um, uh, he who remains is not Kang, but he is Kang? Mm. Or is this less or, or, or more ambiguous? I don't know. Like... So we've seen other watchers, right? Like there's this kind of this question of, is there one or is there multiple? And in, I want to say Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, when they were kind of doing the whole planetary jump, we got a very, very funny cameo from uh, Stan Lee, where he's sitting there talking to, I think like two or three watchers. And he's like, and then they had me and I was a postman. Like, you know, he was like (laughs) sharing his experiences across the multiverse and, you know, I, I think it was a great, you know, it was a great kind of, uh, you know, blink and you miss it cameo, hilarious moment for those in the know. But it also kind of sets up this, you know, question, kind of a question of continuity. Uh, obviously, there were more than one. So Uatu, if Uatu exists in this universe, uh, he is not the only watcher. There are a, a collective of watchers, if you will. Yeah. And I, I guess the reason why I'm sort of dubious about whether or not he is Uatu is that isn't. Aren't I guess not like Green Lanterns per se, but like they watch various parts of the universe, right? Like they don't like the multiverse, the the multiverse, yeah. But like, um, like Uatu watches a certain uh, part of it, part of the like, like Earth, like Earth's solar system in the multiverse. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like he's assigned to a specific, you know. So theoretically, based off of that, if this watcher is not Uatu, he is one that's kind of perusing the multiversal archives, whereas Watu is just chilling out watching 616 uh, and, uh, you know, drinking Mai Tais and being like, hey, this is the this is this is like the only universe that's been in existence for some time. So, you know, I <laughs> don't know what you guys are doing, but yeah, because I mean, like that that's the thing is like is because he seemed to be the one watching all the all like the like uh, uh, the watcher in what if is watching the entire multiverse and not right. like a, a section of it. As if there were like multiple watchers to watch over different because I, I think in that how it's organized in the comics there's I, multiple I, yeah honestly I can't recall you know what if the comic book series despite like I, me generally loving that kind of you know quote unquote what if uh, narrative and and kind of re exploration of different characters and different stories but from a different angle I I never really got into the what if Marvel series like it just it didn't to me, it seemed a little hokey compared to, you know, the Elseworlds nature of DC. I, I liked how DC had kind of structured its multiverse. And what if, like, just based on the the question in and of itself, seemed like it was pro- proposing a hypothetical as opposed to looking into actual established universes. You know what I mean? Like, from a comic book standpoint. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. You know, the the branding maybe wasn't perhaps 
the best sort of well i would actually so i mean like that's the thing right like the branding itself is the message like that's why it's called what if it is it is called that to get you the then reader uh to pay attention to what's going on and it asks a question and so i think that that kind of pitchy uh, you know, comic book production company narrative is kind of established early on. Whereas Elseworlds, like I said, it does feel a little bit more, you know, solid and embedded into the multiverse as a whole. The multiverse in general, you know, while exist, having existed in both the big two, DC Comics has historically been kind of the, the one that has played the most in the multiversal space. Uh, they've kind of, uh, if there is a... Um, you know, you, you got the space war. Well, if you got the multiverse war, I would say that, you know, DC Comics got there first, but with Into the Spider-Verse, the concept of the multiverse, I feel like has become more commonly accepted. Like the the layman, the, the you know, the Joe on the street, the Jane on the street, if you go up and ask them about the multiverse, they're going to have at least some sort of working concept. If not, you need kind of deep quantum theoretical, you know, <laughs> understanding. They're going to know what you're talking about with the multiverse. Whereas pre into the Spider-Verse, I don't know if that was true. From like a comic book standpoint, probably. I mean, people might be like, yeah, multiverse, like, they're, yeah, they're not going to know like, you know, oh, the the whole, you know, determination kind of thing and Schrodinger's cat kind of aspect and the quantum, you know, all that kind of aspect of it. But like, yeah, maybe maybe they would, you know, what's the multiverse? Be like, ah, it's, it's like a, a, a bunch of different universes like we we live we live you know I, I feel like that's kind of maybe a uh abstract enough thing that that people would just at least have a guess about what it is like but not the comic version obviously i'm talking about like you know the, the yeah just in general the concept yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think i mean like pro- probably possibly before but i think definitely now now of course with the uh you know with what if we do get a dive into the multiverse and we get to see a couple of different word, worlds here and, and, and different questions. Some of these are kind of, you know, um, easy. Like you might be like, of course, yes. What if uh, Captain Carter essentially becomes Captain Britain? Although they never call her that. I, I, I do hope they're going to call her that <laughs> before this is all over. But, you know, what if, you know, what if Peggy Carter got the, the serum? I'm like, okay, cool. That, that kind of makes sense. Uh, what if Marvel zombies? All right. Yeah, we, everybody loves Marvel zombies. Why not? Uh, and then they throw some kind of crazy stuff at you. Like, what if Thor was a party boy? Which, you know, honestly is really more like, hey, what if Taika Waititi was like driving the Thor franchise from the beginning? I feel like that's what the real <laughs> what, what if was for that one, right? And yeah, like that that was that was that had his signature like all over it, I felt. Yeah, that's really <laughs> like what it was. Korg, Korg, like with a with a pacifier in his mouth, like rolling on <laughs> ecstasy on a bridge on a party. Yeah, like that was that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know. <laughs> I think of all the characters, Thor has gone through probably the largest, um, I mean, change. If you look at kind of how he was first introduced into how he's seen in Endgame, I mean, a complete, not even a 180. He's just a very different character. And I think in the hands of, you know, different creators, they've done different things with them. And also just as uh, Chris Hemsworth has found kind of, you know, his his own voice, I think, in Thor, uh, you know, it's, it's changed. He's the character has changed and adapted. And so it's kind of cool to see like, all right, well, what if the, the Thor of today was the one we were starting off with in, you know, in the first Thor movie. And, and, and honestly, he didn't have a Loki. And I will see even that. I almost feel like there was kind of like excuse. How do we do that? Like what, what is, you know, how do, what is the in-universe explanation for why Thor is kind of like this man child, and uh, yeah, without without Loki, although Loki, man, he's still a brother from another mother. 
Yeah, he's still he's still kind of a party boy too. Like they didn't have this uh, sibling rivalry where he felt neglected, and so that fundamentally changed his character as well. Oh, he didn't get stolen from his family. Odin always told us like, "Oh, you were left for dead, so I raised you." And like, I mean, you could have brought him back to his dad, Odin. Yeah. You know, like you kind of like after you, after you destroyed their planet, you could have been like, "Oh, hey, I picked up this kid who was like about to die. Um, you can have him back." Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, here's your boy, and they're like, oh, I appreciate that. Okay, yeah, you know what? Let's uh, let's be friends. Because in the image that they showed, you know, uh, Laufey was quite happy to get get his son back, and then on top of that, Odin wasn't there torturing, you know, Loki as if like, oh, you know what? You're you're not as good as my son Thor, and you'll never be as good, and you're never going to be king. Yeah, o- and Odin really is the worst. Yeah, well, and they gave them back the uh, uh, frost cube thing. So their world didn't collapse into terribleness. Yeah. Because it, it feels like the peace was brokered not by I'm taking this thing that keeps your world alive so that you never revolt again. It's like I'm giving you back your son. And so let's keep this, you know, this peace going so that I don't have to take your little world device thing. And and the Frost Giants seemed pretty cool about it. They were they were coming to Midgard not to conquer, but to party, man. Yeah, everybody was there to party. Like they're just throwing parties into the apocalypse. It's it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, honestly, man, that one in particular is probably one of, if not, well, I, I, it's it's probably my second favorite episode right now of uh, of the series. But uh, but you know, let me just ask you this: Do you have a favorite of the episodes we've gotten thus far? I knew you were going to ask me that. I, I liked I liked a lot of them. I think there were clearly some that were better than others. Well, let me ask you this: Do you have a least favorite? I don't know. I, yeah. Quality podcasting, Bell. Well, it's, <laughs> It's hard. Like I, I, like I know, I know. Christy didn't like uh, the "What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his oh, hands?" Oh, okay. All right, let's talk about that one real quick because that one was the one man. I was watching these with my kids, and then that one came along, and some damage was done. <laughs> like, <laughs> did I share this with you already? I can't remember. I don't think so. No. Okay. All right. So this is the situation. That first of all, all right. So my wife uh, I, has a name that sounds very similar to Christine Palmer. <laughs> uh, on top of that, she also bears a striking resemblance to the actress that plays Christine Palmer. And given the fact that, you know, brunette women on this show all look alike, I'm sorry, but they have not figured out a way to like, like you know, well, cha- well, that- differentiate them uh, except for uh, Darcy's probably the only one that, that does have a little bit more of a, you can tell who she is. Yes. But I do want to say right quick, um, while you're sitting here trashing the animation, that the animation on the show is fantastic. Fantastic. It, it was brilliant. It. You're right. Brilliant. I shouldn't come Absolutely out the gate wonderful. with the one criticism I have. That's a good point. It was a yeah. fan- fantastic, glorious yeah. animation as a whole. But my point is that all they, they do kind of like, you know, draw all the brunette women kind of kind of similar. They, they don't have a, a good way to kind of distinguish them or haven't figured that out. And so the point is, we have this character that's being called a name that's very similar to my wife's name, that looks very similar to my wife and the profession that is very similar to my wife's profession, <laughs> yeah. dying over and over and over again. again. And my youngest, my six-year-old is sitting here watching essentially her mom die over and over and over again. And then on top of that, when they get to the end, her biggest fear, my youngest, like what of cuttlefish, if you're going to make cuttlefish come out. (laughs) No, but like one of her biggest fears is being left alone is like the concept of just being completely alone. And so at the very tail end of it, You've got Doctor Strange, a character that that both she and her sister absolutely like love completely and totally alone. And when I tell you we had nightmares all night, it wasn't the monsters. Typically monsters get her. It wasn't the monsters in this one. It was just the very concept 
of, you know, just the combination of seeing, seeing her mom die several times and then, you know, being completely alone. That was her hell, man. Like that was absolute hell. And I was like, all right, after that, let me, let me screen all these, which is good. Cause we got zombies next week. <laughs> so, so uh, when, when she woke up, uh, and she's like, you know, I had a nightmare that I was all alone in a orb of existence where you're like, but you are alone. And then like turn the light out and close the door. And then- <laughs> oh, gosh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not a terrible father. I mean, like, obviously, I, I let her watch this and it was it was not a good idea, but I'm not that bad. <laughs> I think we've established I'm not a great dad, but <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, but that one was heavy, man. Of, of all of them, I would say that's probably the heaviest one we got. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's the heaviest one, I would think. A lot of speculation that this Doctor Strange, the the Superior Strange, we're going to actually see in live action. Um, you know, perhaps this is going to be the Doctor Strange that uh, Spider Man is dealing with in the upcoming No Way Home. Uh, thoughts on this theory? Um, no. Like I no, I I don't I I've heard the theories that there's like this isn't Doctor Strange. It's actually somebody else, and it's it's Mephisto. Don't um, yeah. <laughs> But I well because I I kind of pictured these as all kind of like standalone things, and um I was very pleasantly surprised when they all sort of not all of them, but they they the they tied in several of the stories together at the end, like you know the Thor story uh, that 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 universe was destroyed by Ultron, mm. um and then you know the I guess the, the the penultimate episode obviously that was the same Ultron that destroyed Thor's world, and that's the story of how he came about. And he's fighting the Watcher, and then the Watcher goes back to the universe with the Superior Strange. Like that was real. That was totally unexpected. I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't expect there to be continuity between these epi- episodes. Um, really, the only continuity I was expecting was just have the Watcher narrate them. Um, and I thought it was really cool that they did that. Um, but I don't hmm. think that that's going to have an impact on Multiverse of Madness. I will say, you know, I, that that notion of like him becoming so powerful that he saw the watch was great. That was a fantastic like yes. kind of hair standing up on your arm moment, you know? Yeah, like that. I, yeah, that was fantastic. And then like Ultron having the same realization, you kind of get to see because um, I, I guess what it is, is like, you know, Strange became uh, the, the strongest most powerful being in his universe. And so that allowed him to see the watcher. And then when the same thing happened to Ultron, it allowed him to see the watcher. But I think Ultron kind of like transcended that. And the fact that he was actually able to get into the watchers. Well, he's rolling around with infinity stones, man. He's uh, you know, he's completely alone in the universe. He's this high, you know, this highest evolved mind. And then he's also got, you know, the power of reality, time and space. Like, you know, we we're, as we are informed every single uh, episode, Uatu is all about reality, time, and space not being a linear path. And if you've got control of those uh, fundamental forces of nature, then you know theoretically you could you could go anywhere where Uatu is. And so, uh, and we see that. And it was really neat how he got those Infinity Stones. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. I want to say <laughs> okay, that one for okay, last. Okay. Say, we're we're skipping around a bit just because you know I was curious as to where kind of your favorites lie and that sort of thing. I mean, for me, man, the the Doctor Strange one is is a pretty um, massively impactful episode. But I got I got to say, my number one favorite episode at this point is the uh, What If T'Challa Became Star Lord, which is bizarre because I was least in, I was least hyped for that episode. <laughs> well, it was just so surprising. I think is is what the deal was with that one. You know, like no one saw that coming. Nobody saw uh, T'Challa, you know, giving Thanos a heart to heart and having him join the Ravagers. Just had to have that conversation, man. Yeah, <laughs> I was so I was like, wait, what? <laughs> 
but like yeah like chichala couldn't sit down thanos like when he was in wakanda and be like look man this isn't cool yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what hang hang on the minute let us have a conversation <laughs> let me explain things to you <laughs> like, yeah no 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 t'challa is great but no i'm sorry that was that was a um that was a leap right there uh yeah I, you know, so I'd be very curious as to, to hearing that conversation where uh, where that was able to take place. But that notwithstanding, that was kind of a fun surprise in the middle of all this, um, yeah. in, in and in an already bizarre concept. Like T'Challa becoming Star Lord is just a bizarre concept as a whole, and it does kind of play into something that I think we see in most of these. Uh, what if stories, which is not just the what if this, it's like, it's kind of presented to us as if is what if T'Challa became Star-Lord. However, there's this other question that's really being asked, which is what if there was no Thanos? You know what I mean? Like what if Thanos was not in existence and there thus was this power vacuum in the well, universe? Not only that, um, with Peter Quill not being Star-Lord, uh, there's nothing to stop Ego. Yeah, but see, that's so, the thing. They never pay that off, though. <laughs> no, they do. They do. At the what? very end, at the very end, uh, Ego goes into the Dairy Queen or whatever that Peter Quill's working into and finds him there. Yeah, but they never really pay that off, though. That I feel like that's setting up a story that we're, we maybe we'll see in season two. You know what I mean? I, like, maybe we'll revisit some of these worlds. I feel like the payoff there was that he... So, like, it doesn't matter that Thanos, um, you know, was pulled to the to the light side, so to speak, because because of that choice so because um because we we know the avengers beat thanos and they right. and they unsnapped everybody right um uh and and we we know that ego is defeated because peter quill becoming a ravager and a guardian of the galaxy and all that kind of stuff um we know that that crisis was averted but in this one um yes the threat of thanos is removed but the threat of ego because all of that is dependent on peter quill becoming star lord and so peter quill becoming star lord um, I guess, I guess, you know, T'Challa solves the Thanos problem, but there's nothing there to solve the ego problem. Yeah. And I know that's, that's a, that's a fair point. I mean, I guess that's true of pretty much all of these characters. If you remove one uh, out of, you know, out of play, or if you rather replace one with the other, um, there is such a major domino effect. And so I don't know, this is a, it'll be a fun, it would be a fun earth to return to. Uh, and it's kind of nice actually to have <laughs> no it wouldn't it would be a giant glob of like <laughs> blue goo that turned into ego <laughs> well you never know maybe maybe uh t'challa star lord and all of wakanda will will rally to go take him down you don't you don't know we don't know we need to see it play out you didn't yeah. know that thanos man you didn't know that thanos was going to be a ravager in this you know what i mean no i did not know that they could pull some crazy stuff and uh you know then we also get um you know the collector who did not skip leg day no he did not he didn't skip any day nope he was he, he was all on board yeah he uh he definitely um went the arnold routine and and talked to him maybe maybe he has arnold schwarzenegger in one of those little collector boxes and that's where he got all his uh tips for <laughs> mass gaining on <laughs> we also got a t'challa and howard the duck team up in that episode this is, this is crazy and you know what the great thing about this is this one came right after the captain carter episode which while i love captain carter the character i think I would argue that's probably one of, if not the weakest of all the episodes with maybe a close second being what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? I liked that one. Which one? The, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Actually, let's start with that That one then. So you, so you liked that one. Yeah. Like I, I thought it was a neat little mystery and I was like, oh, that, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Ant-Man. 
And like I was, uh, uh, I, I kind of I wanted to watch it fold, like unfold. Like I, I just, got, I think a crazy Hank Pym, because Hank, you know, in in Ant Man, he talks about how you know you can't shrink too much because it affects your brain. Well, like in this mm-hmm. case, it totally did. Yeah. And he uh, goes nuts because uh, you know hope dies, and um, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was really neat. I thought it was cool to have Loki. Um, with the Asgardian uh, angle on there, like come in and and you know you have an Asgardian fight Ant Man with magic as opposed to like with might or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought that was really cool. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean it had it definitely had some cool moments. It was it was fun to see to kind of revisit uh, the Incredible Hulk because that's you know of all the Marvel movies that seems to be the one that gets tucked under the rug. Uh, the most so to yeah. see them kind of embrace that and bring it into this interpretation to see Natasha kind of play into that story um, was fun by the way the voice actress that plays Natasha was driving me crazy this entire series and it wasn't until the last episode that I realized same voice actress that plays um, Poison Ivy on uh, on Harley Quinn oh really yeah because I'm sitting here listening I'm like like for one thing, she's got a great Scarlett Johansson delivery style, but the voice, you know, obviously with all the voices that we don't have with the actual actor, actors and actresses, it, it, it was just throwing me off because I was like, you're not her, but I know you, where do I know you? You know what I mean? Like, it yeah, drive me crazy. And then on top of that, the red hair, I'm like, I'm so confused. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, it was great to see Natasha kind of play into that particular movie. Evil Hank Pym, good, you know, Great nod to to an arc from the comics where he was a bit more of a villainous character, uh, especially wearing the yellow jacket armor. Um, well done, for sure. I don't know. I just found it the least thrilling and interesting as a whole. That's just me personally. But yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad you like it can be wrong. Well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the other one that I thought was pretty weak was, uh, again, the uh, the Captain Carter. I loved Captain Carter as a character. I'm looking forward to seeing her come back. I love the fact that she's fighting this uh, crazy, evil, Hydra-esque tentacle monster that we see come back again in uh, in Doctor Strange. And so you're like, really, really cool character. I love the way that they brought her into the present. Uh, was very different from the way that Steve was brought into the present. And it was cool to see Steve essentially become like a you know, a, a World War II Iron Man-esque character. But man, that was, I think the answer to the question of what if, you know, Peggy Carter became the super soldier is, I, I, a lot stays the same. A lot stays the same. You know what I mean? Not, yeah. not much changes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was what was interesting about it, right? Is that one seemed to have the least uh, change on the outcomes of anything, right? Like, as opposed to getting frozen in ice, she's uh, stuck in the Tesseract portal for 70 years and then she comes back. And like I could see the the events of the Avengers taking place as they normally do, um, just with, uh, you know, Captain Carter as opposed to Captain Rogers. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really kind of, you know, which which is cool, but also just is less interesting because we've seen this movie before. And yeah, I, again, cool character. So I think. I'm kind of hoping that, you know, I guess we don't necessarily know, but we kind of know what's going to happen in the finale. I think it's a safe bet that Uatu and the superior uh, Stephen Strange are going to go around and collect some of these characters to kind of form a multiversal Avengers. And I'm looking forward to seeing her basically in some new roles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like put, put Captain Carver Carter, maybe in charge of these new Avengers or have her kind of go on some multiversal Avengers, get her out of a story that we've already seen into her own story. And, and I would be all for a sequel to this episode, but yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a weak start. 
honestly, to the entire series. Well, I think it, I, 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 I wouldn't say it was a weak start. I think it was an interesting start because it, it kind of like opens the exploration, right? So it's like, yeah, what if, you know, uh, Sharon Carter got the super soldier serum. And then, so you're like, oh, okay, cool. And then the next episode, they show you what these what ifs can really be. Right. Yeah. It was a nice, yeah, that's a good point. It's, so it yeah. Is, it, it's yeah. introduction to the concept and then an exploration on that concept, a concept for every other episode. Yeah. Tweak one thing and it's kind of similar just with the different hero tweak another thing and the entire universe is completely changed. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's a fair, that's a fair way to kind of set everything up. I, I hear that. Uh, now I got to ask, man, um, were you ever a fan of the Marvel zombies comic series growing up? Uh, yeah, I think I got the first volume of them in my comic book drawer over here. I'm pointing at it right now that no one can see me pointing at it, but I'm pointing <laughs> at it. Um, I think the only one that I wasn't able to get maybe was the first issue, but I, or I, I don't know. I'm, I might have the entire volume, uh, oh, wow. in, in singles. So I, I'd have to look. So Marvel zombies, that was actually like a nickname that was kind of given to fans of the Marvel comic book series, right? Like if, uh, you know, if you're if you're a fan of the Flash, and so you're like a a speedster or something of that nature, I can't remember. Definitely not thing. a flasher. <laughs> not not a flasher. Definitely not flashers. But uh, yeah, so you know, whatever. What, if you're a super fan of something, there's kind of typically some sort of name for you or your fandom. And Marvel Zombies was kind of the name of, you know, people who were collecting Marvel comics. They were coming into the, uh, get their comics like zombies or something like that. And so the you know, the, the company kind of embraced that concept and told a story of, wait, what if we actually did have Marvel zombies? And what if these characters were zombified, but maintained their powers and to some extent in the series anyway, uh, a bit of their consciousness. They were just, they were, you know, they craved human flesh and thus had to feed, but at the same time, they were still kind of themselves. Here, we kind of see a little bit of that. Like they, you know, obviously the, the wizards are still using magic, which requires some sort of higher brain function. So it's not like they're completely brain dead or anything like that. And everybody basically has their powers and is essentially as strong as they would be for the most part until they're not. Um, people get sliced in half pretty, pretty easily. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, this was coming, man. This was, this was a big hype episode. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would have been shocked if they didn't do a Marvel zombies episode. What did, what did you think? I mean, as somebody who read the comic book series early on, like did this live up to your expectations or, or what were your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, I didn't really have many expectations because these what ifs, these are based off the MCU. These are not based off comic what ifs, you know, like I, right, so yeah. I, I, I was viewing, viewing it in that lens. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it was different from, from Marvel zombies for sure. Um, but, you know, I was looking at this as like, what if Marvel zombies in the MCU, not like what if they took the Marvel zombies right. comic and made yeah. it. Yeah. And, and so that's what I was looking for. And that's, that's what, uh, that's what I got. And I, yeah, I, th I thought it was pretty neat. Like I, I thought the change in vision was really cool. Um, and having like Scarlet Witch be Scarlet Zombie Witch was really neat. Oh, and a freaking Scarlet Witch versus the Hulk is a fight that I never knew I wanted. And I want it now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, the, the whole time that, um, that hope was sitting there like in, in big mode, um, I was like, okay, shrink back down, take yes. off the armor. <laughs> like, for yes. real just just take the armor yes. off shrink like take the armor off and shrink down like and 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 just you know be a little tiny zombie that's fine but don't 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 keep your suit on come on <laughs> i know it was like all right all right you did it hope shrink no what are you doing you're gonna be a giant zombie lady I'm like no <laughs> shrink, shrink now. <laughs> yeah yeah so i i thought i thought that was cool um 
you know, uh, the the throwback to Thanos pulling out the Mind Stone, except for Fish did it to himself. <laughs> that was pretty legit. Yeah, uh, that, it, the way in which the series as a whole actually mirrored moments that we know and kind of either turned them on their head or just paid kind of a, an homage to them, almost like, you know, like almost like destiny prevails even in a completely different universe. Um, there are some moments that are just going to have to happen. And, Keystone moments, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, okay, so, and actually even the the relationship that we saw between Vision and Wanda was almost kind of like a twist on the WandaVision narrative. Yeah, instead of Vision being kind of imprisoned, we had it flipped on its head and it was Wanda being imprisoned. Right, uh, man. <laughs> the fact that Vision fed Wanda all of Ant-Man except for his head. <laughs> yeah, and you know... <laughs> This T'Challa's leg, like, I yeah. So 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 let's let's talk about that. Um, this episode probably more so than most. Although I think the what if the world lost its mightiest heroes was kind of in the same boat. Dealt with some pretty dark stuff in a very humorous kind of lighthearted way. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, but you know, Spider Man kind of you know covered that ground. I think because uh, they were all like, "Why are you not impacted by this?" And he's like, "I am." It's just. I can't be sad all the time because I have to be Spider-Man and be happy and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Every, everybody keeps dying. I mean, like I gotta, gotta stay happy somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to hear a um, kind of a commentary as to why these are our survivors. You know, uh, we get Peter Parker, we get hope, we get Bruce Banner. Well, obviously Bruce Banner makes the most sense because he was you know shot down and cloak of levitation, obviously not on the menu, but Bucky Barnes, Okoye, Sharon Carter, happy Hogan, Kurt of all people like, where was the mindset behind putting this team together, you know? Well, Kurt is very superstitious and afraid of the Baba Yaga, so that makes sense. Yes, that um, makes sense. Yeah. Spider-Man's seen a lot of zombie movies, so that makes sense. Um, Sharon Carter's the power broker, so I, I I guess that makes sense. I don't see Sharon's the one that like <laughs> I understand probably the least overall. Um, like in terms of like what they you know what they mean to the story. Uh, you know, we, I think the, the end game here is we, we wanted Peter Parker vampire hunter. Like that was, you know, I think every, of everybody who's going to survive, uh, we need him so that he can go and help fight the multiversal war. Uh, that being said, Hope Van Dyme. Okay. makes sense. She's the one that's going to bring, you know, you know, she brought the virus into this world. And so she has to be the one to deal with it. Uh, Bucky Barnes less makes sense about story and more makes sense about moments, uh, like Sam dying and then him going up against, uh, Captain America having that, you know, I guess this is the end of the line moment. That makes sense. Okoye, we need somebody who's connected to Wakanda to be like, hey, you know, by the end of this, we need to get ourselves to Wakanda. Uh, Happy Hogan, I'm guessing because Peter needed somebody to die so that we could talk about like how he keeps on losing people. And Happy is a character that's kind of close to him and has been an well, and, and, and uncle Peter, figure. Yeah, Peter, Peter probably, you know, uh, swung him up swooped him up i don't yeah. know spidered him up like you know like to protect him right like it's because he is kind of family maybe right you know maybe may um uh may die and he's like well i gotta i gotta save happy and so he saved happy and like you know yeah and as you mentioned kurt has kind of some funny moments there but i also he we i guess we needed somebody to i guess know who ant-man was <laughs> you know what i mean like because <laughs> i think was bucky alive still at that point or was he dead at that point when um ant-man's head showed up um, I think he, yeah, because he found T'Challa. Bucky found T'Challa, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's the thing. So he was off finding T'Challa. We needed somebody to react and actually know 
who Ant-Man was because Peter didn't really know him all that well. And, you know, he just fought him in, in, in Germany. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I don't think any of the Avengers like post Civil War. I bet if any of the Avengers like like talked about him, they're like, wait, who? Scott, who's Scott? You mean Steve? No, Scott, Ant-Man. <laughs> oh, the kid that was swinging around. No, no, that was Spider-Man. Ant-Man, the guy that got really big. Oh, okay. The guy that got really big. But they probably forgot his name, his superhero name, everything. I think, uh, yeah. So it makes sense, I think, to have Kurt there. Interesting yeah. team of survivors. And of course, at the end of it, we did get that, uh, you know, great, you know, moment of zombie. Zombie Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, yeah, like that's that's what I want, because some of these, like, you know, the, the cliffhanger endings that they have on there, you know, you were talking about how um, uh, uh, the Watcher and Superior Strange are going to go and like gather up the multiverse's greatest heroes. And so I, I do kind of wonder what are, are we going to see, uh, you know, Superior Strange um, uh, dispatch Thanos in a similar style to the penultimate episode? Mm. Um in order to rescue these heroes and bring them to this final battle or like, or is it, or is it, or, or, or are these cliffhangers there just to be like, Ooh, kind of thing. Are we going to get any sort of uh, resolution from that? I wonder. Yeah. I, so I think it's probably twofold. One is, you know, we, we, I think like you pointed out with the, with the um, T'Challa Star-Lord episode, like, you have to address the fact that if you change some things, it's going to change some things. Like we're going to get like a fun story here, 
but the universe continues and these dominoes continue to fall. And so I think that there is something in value of having kind of these cliffhanger moments each time uh, in and of themselves, because it just validates what they're doing. It's not like every single happy ending is going to be a happy ending because the world we, we know of other threats in the universe uh, just as an audience. That being said, it also opens up the door for sequels. I believe at this point, and I could be wrong, that it has been confirmed that we are getting a season two of What If. And if that's the case, it's likely that we may revisit some of these Earths again. Um, and I feel as though Marvel zombies might be one of those worlds, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I kind of rather that they wouldn't. I, 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 I like I don't mind revisiting these worlds in the sense that like I, I'm assuming that's what they're going to do in the uh, finale of this season. But I would kind of rather them be, you know, there's infinite universes out there. Let's go see more of them. Yeah, and I think we'll probably get that too. The real question is, what is a zombie Thanos going to do with the Infinity Gauntlet? I mean, like if he wants to kill like half life of the universe, well, he's a zombie now. Well, he's probably going to snap his fingers and make more people so that they can eat more people. Oh, see, that would make some sense. Okay, yeah, well, there yeah. you go. Before diving into the penultimate episode, uh, we got another one that was just kind of completely a concept that was out of left field that to me anyway, ended up working really, really well, which is what if Killmonger was rescued or what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? <laughs> it was such a weird premise from the beginning. And, you know, I, I guess I kind of felt like Shuri the whole time where it's like, I don't know if he's if he's as genuine as he says he is. And I don't know if Tony should be trusting him as much as he is. <laughs> you know, the wild thing is like, I think it, I think it's uh, credit goes to the writing, but also to Michael B. Jordan, who, by the way, I think did one of the best voice acting performances in the series as a whole. Um, and like, in terms of, you know, being able to have not, not all stage and film actors make for good voice actors. Uh, hint, hint, Peter Dinklage, <laughs> you know, like, is a terrible. Because it came from the moon. <laughs> oh, I mean, like he's a fantastic. You get him on set, he's awesome. You get him on film, he's awesome. You get him in a voice recording, and he is terrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, well, Michael I mean, B I think that had paycheck on it, you know. Oh no, I, I don't know, man. I've seen him do passion projects, and they are they're still bad. Like, they're, <laughs> they're, you know, he he was the well, you know what this is a tangent, but he was the um, he was the narrator in the David S. Pumpkins special halloween special i never saw the david s pumpkins halloween well not special. very many people did any questions <laughs> well to me I, I don't guess hey peter dinklage narrates it is really a great <laughs> reason to go out <laughs> and watch it. i didn't know they had one i just saw the the one sketch and i was like cool and that then i mean, guess they tried to like drive it into the ground like snl tends to do like they do um but anyway no michael b jordan fantastic voice actor i thought he did a i think of everybody he did the the uh best in terms of uh really kind of owning that voice and and bringing life to to the animated character um but what what i love about that man is that even though we're sitting here and we're watching him like kill t'challa and like like kill people like and and you know like mislead half of what or not even half mislead everybody in wakanda except for shuri like you know he is manipulating everyone around him he is emperor palpatining this whole thing to get his revenge and you still kind of pull from it for him for time to time you know like like when there's the moment where he's there with his family and you're like oh he's restored with his family is like oh but yeah he's gonna kill him like like, <laughs> like it's like a sweet tender moment between him and his uncle and and like for a brief moment you're like oh man yeah it's nice to to see that connection and then you're like oh no but yeah he's gonna kill him 
Well, like, it's like we talked about when we reviewed Black Panther, right? It's like it's not like he's wrong. You're not wrong, Killmonger. Okay, it's just like your your way of going about things is um probably not the best. <laughs> well, he murdered a bunch of people. He murked a bunch of dudes. And I mean, like you know, that was one thing that I thought was interesting because the the one aspect of this episode that that I was like, I don't know if I fully buy. And I feel like every single one of these had some kind of you know, they ask you to take a little bit of a leap somewhere here and there, for example, with, um, you know, T'Challa has a conversation with Thanos and now Thanos is, uh, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. is, is a minion working for T'Challa. Uh, you know, this is a big leap. And then you have one like Kurt survived the zombie apocalypse and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, if it serves the story, okay. <laughs> Look, he's scared of the Baba Yaga. He would be scared of zombies. He would know exactly what to do. What I loved about this is that for the most part, Killmonger was like completely on point. Like he, he, you know, he's just more successful than he was in the actual universe. The moment that he shares with Tony though, where he says, I was really hoping that yours, your name wouldn't want to be, it wouldn't be one of them. I was like, I don't know if Killmonger would say that. I, I don't like he like, he like shot his girlfriend in the movie and like, didn't blink an eye. And yeah. I'm like, and so, but Tony Stark, you got well, Tony. Tony's a colonizer too. Like I, yeah, he he wouldn't he wouldn't care at all about him. Yeah, I, plus he's like feel. a super capitalist on top of. That. I mean, like it's just it's like I I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I get the all bonded and everything else, but I, what you get about Killmonger is that he can bond with somebody and then kill him and move on very very quickly. Um, because he's very you know it's one of those almost kind of as if he was a monger of someone who kills <laughs> a killmonger, a monger killer. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. With, what you said so that was were, that were, was you know, yeah well they, they were they're gonna you know uh call him fishmonger but they're like what if we called him <laughs> killmonger instead and they're like yeah you know that's a lot better that might work that might work a little bit better <laughs> but yeah so i you know loved loved that episode i thought it was done really well that was one little moment that i was like oh i, mm, I don't I, that mm, doesn't sit sit as well with me but again we're asked to take larger leaps <laughs> other places in this series so I can dig it. And I did like the fact that they kind of incorporated the whole uh, anime aspect of it. Um, Michael B. Jordan is a, uh, a, a famous, uh, a celebrated anime fan. Uh, so it, it was nice to see that kind of be incorporated yeah. here. All right. That brings us, man, to the penultimate episode. What if Ultron won? And we'll just start off by saying, uh, as has been referenced already several times throughout this, this discussion, Thanos really gets the, the the like the short end of the stick across the multiverse, right? Yeah, and you know, I feel like the reason why they did that is because everyone knows how powerful Thanos is, right? Like he is a you know, he, he single-handedly beat the Hulk uh without even using infinity stones. Right. Um, you know, he snapped the half of the world out of existence, beat the entire Avengers, and it took all of them coming together and you know, Captain Marvel and stuff to like finally beat him. And I, I think I think it's really just to illustrate like how powerful Ultron is. Or how convincing T'Challa mm. is. <laughs> right, right. It's the, oh, we got, you know, you want to you want to kind of, you know, he was the big bad, so we got to, you know, well, we, we, we got to make the Infinity Stones paperweights. You know what I mean? Like, we, we've got to take everything that you knew or was afraid of and make them small and nothing. And, uh, uh, okay. I mean, like, I'm fine with it. I, I was always, like, one of my favorite parts of Infinity War is that Thanos, to me, while super powerful, was always very killable. Like you got the sense that had he not had the reality stone, uh, Gamora might may have actually been able to stab him, and and you know through the through the chest and kill him. 
uh, you got the sense that, you know, um, at any given time, he was just flesh and blood. Uh, without the Infinity Stones, he was super strong. Obviously, he was, you know, going toe to toe with the Hulk. I, well, even at that point, though, if I'm not mistaken, he had the Power Stone. He did, but he he never used it. Mm, well, but he was still like empowering him, right? Like he may not have activated it, but he had kind of like a what do you, what do you call it in like video games where you have kind of a passive ability type situation? Like, a, like yeah, like a power up or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's still a buff. He's still got the power power buff, even if he's not using the attack. <laughs> he's got the buff yeah. from it. <laughs> he's not using the beam attack. He's just using the uh, passive secondary effect. Right. Here's what I love about this though is that Ultron was made as Tony Stark's answer to Thanos. And Thanos, like, had... All right, so this this asks the question, what if Ultron won? Here's another what if. What if Ultron didn't go evil? Then, really, Infinity War ends pretty quick, as we just see. You know what I mean? Like, he has everything that he needs to take out Thanos immediately. The, the armor around the world was successful. Yeah, um... But you also didn't have Corvus Blade there stabbing him, which this this version of Ultron. Well, with this all the- wasn't Ultron. Like Vision is not Ultron. And I think that's the other aspect of this. Like Tony didn't create Vision to be the armor around the world. He created Ultron to be the armor around the world. And again, like I, and I think this like confirms uh, a Tony was right, which he was several times throughout the series. And B had, you know, <laughs> Had he been successful, which he constantly isn't throughout the series, <laughs> then uh, then you know it it would have resulted in never having the snap. We would have never had Infinity War. Thanos would have been dealt with instantly, instantly. Um, and I thought that was great. I thought not only did it communicate how powerful Ultron was, I think it communicates just how right Tony was to begin with. Yeah, and I think it would also be interesting to see. Well, because because like I, I think about that, and like you know he's talking about an armor around the world. Like you know I I, I feel like. Um, it still would have been Ultron as like this sort of, you know, dictator fascist sort of uh, dystopia kind of thing. Yeah, Earth would be safe. But like, at what point would Ultron stop is like, well, human freedoms are what causes them to, um, you know, cause pain to one another and my job here is to protect the human race. So I must protect it from itself kind of thing. Like, you know, Asimov's uh, which would happen, uh, which is what happened. Yeah, yeah basically you know yeah it's like asimov's derive law thing but you know he tried to kill all the humans there but like i think it would still be an interesting what if to see if if his if his goal wasn't to kill humans but like to control them yeah yeah but he would have realized that humans cannot be controlled they'll always rebel and therefore you know i think i think you know it makes sense the way in which you know ultron's logic kind of cold mechanical logic works I love too that in this universe, the only people left on live are the two most human Avengers. You're right? <laughs> Completely depowered, even even further so since Clint is brought, you know working with a robot arm. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's yeah. Bizarre how that works. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? All right. So overall, man, what was your thoughts of this episode in particular? Uh, I I really liked it. I thought it was super interesting. Um, I I think the concept of uh, seeing another being fully powered with the infinity stones was really cool and yeah. to have it be Ultron, like even more so. Um, I liked Arnim Zolom, uh, coming oh back. Oh my gosh, yes, and what a great so, mm, okay, Zola, that you know what that means, right? No, Zola lives like Zola's still alive in the main MCU, perhaps not, not even perhaps he's in the Kremlin. Well, well the, no, uh, the, um, no, not in the Kremlin, that, that thing, he, the, he's the, in the, the Soviet bunker where the other, he's in the um, Soviet bunker thing. 
Potentially, but they, again, these are alternate universes, and so like you know, it, it's maybe... not. What if they didn't make a Zola backup universe? That's a different universe. This is what if Ultron one universe. Yeah, but I'm just, I don't know. Okay. What if the Russians maybe. didn't make a backup? Come on, man, that's not a. I'm not saying well, that universe doesn't exist, but that, that ain't our universe. I'm just saying that the, the decisions leading up to Ultron winning could have also prevented, um, or at least in our universe, uh, the the course of action for Ultron losing could also mean that the Soviets never copied Zola. Dude, I want Zola back. I want him in the robot giant face head body that they teased in Winter Soldier. I think we're in an era where that would make sense. I would love to see something like that. It'd be great also to bring in kind of a classic Captain America villain to go up against Sam. I think it's, it's kind of a, a nice blending there. I think that would be really awesome. And they certainly left themselves a backdoor. Actually, the series as a whole established some potential canonical things. We've never gotten mention of Uncle Ben until this series. Um, you know, so I mean, like, there's just, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that we can kind of play with in, in the main universe that we got here, but loved Zola's return, man. Yeah, that was really cool. I'm excited to see if that, uh, if, you know, if that does play out. Now, I did like that we got, uh, you know, a exploration of all of these various projects and uh, Natasha and Clint kind of going through the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark archives while the watcher is just sitting there going like, come, come on, get it. Just, just get it. <laughs> it's right there. Like, just, just go. Like you, you, you kept on thinking he, he was going to nudge it. Yeah. And like, like he, he was, he's us in like every movie we've ever watched where right, it's right. like, it's right there. Just do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Almost like slightly to an irritating degree. Right. Like you yeah, like, feel like if you're watching a, a movie with them, you'd be like, shh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and and I, I think it was i think it was neat that he didn't break his vow because like it made it at the end more impactful right that mm, um yes. that he that he made yes. that deal with strange so that was that was pretty cool but you saw that getting strained throughout the entire series like this question of like when when does it make sense like when you know and his whole concept is like well there, as long as there's one hope as long as there is still one hope left for the multiverse, not for this particular universe. As he points out, we've seen other universes on the brink of, you know, in the last days uh, before total destruction before, like he's seen universes die. It's about the multiverse and whether or not, you know, once that becomes in risk, well, then there's nothing more to watch. So is right. he even breaking his vow at this point by engaging with the superior strange? Well, I mean, to, you know, like, like Ultron's thing was, is before he learned about the Watcher, he had no purpose. He, he had, he had accomplished his purpose. He had wiped out all the life in the universe and in that universe. Right. And replaced it with um, uh, Ultron drones or whatever. Similarly, if all of reality, all of the multiverse was destroyed by Ultron, then the Watcher wouldn't have anything to watch on TV. And so like, (laughs) that's not cool. So his purpose would be, he would have no purpose at that point. Of course, yeah. he'd probably be dead, but um, yeah. I'll tell you what, man, the Uwatu, or not Uwatu, I'm sorry. I keep on wanting to call him Uwatu. The Watcher got into the game, though, this week, man. He I, he got armored up. Yeah, you know, I I, I, di- I didn't know what to expect with the fight. Like, I, I figured there might be a fight between them, but I didn't know. I didn't feel like it'd be so physical. Right. With with reality, like with, with the Infinity Gauntlet at your disposal, like I, I didn't think it'd be such a physical sort of fight. But I love the Kirby dots. There are lots of Kirby dots there. Yes. And I, yes. I, I, I totally dug that. The Kirby crackle. Yeah, I love to see that uh, at play. No, that was a really, really great fight sequence. In fact, you know, I love that they gave it so much time. For one thing, you know, the watcher has literally just been watching and commentating. And so to see him actually be more of an, you know, of a, of a character with some agency in the story 
uh, really for the first time, was great. Uh, and also for a pretty bizarre slash creepy looking character, once he got all armored up and he was throwing down, I was like, I, 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 I'd buy the statue. That's pretty cool. Yeah, get the get the Funko Pop. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see it. It was uh, it was great. Now Ultron, um, you know, goes through the process of you know wanting to destroy all these worlds. He actually goes full on Galactus at one point, right? Yeah, he starts eating an entire galaxy. That was pretty cool. Yeah, even the way it was shot, where his you know helmet kind of uh, haloed the side of his head, gave him a very Galactus esque even look. It it was very reminiscent of Galactus, I thought. Do you feel like that's maybe some foreshadowing? Uh for 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 what? For the MCU as a whole or for, for the what MCU as a whole, definitely. Um, it could be interesting. They're they're gonna bring in the X-Men, they're gonna bring in the Fantastic Four at some point. And so it would be nice to get a version of Galactus that isn't a giant cloud in space, something more comic-y. Cause I, I think I think we're ready now. I think everybody's ready for that. Oh yeah. I think we're ready for a lot. I think, I think we are definitely ready for a lot. It's a fun, fun place to be a fun space to be on. Um, all right. So, you know, we do conclude this episode with, uh, you know, with, uh, with the watcher going to the superior strange. Uh, I think at this point, the, the main speculation, the assumption is that we are going to get a collection of heroes from across the multiverse. I'm going to go through the different, um, the different episodes and you tell me which character you think we're getting. Okay. Okay. All right. What if captain Carter were the first Avenger? Um, definitely going to get Hydra smasher. Oh, okay. All right. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's going to be, it's going to be captain Carter. You don't think we'll also get Hydra smasher though. Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I, th- I don't think that's a, that's a, a challenge that uh, Steve um, would back down from. No, I don't think so either, but I, I Sorry, do Hydra think- stomper Hydra stomper. I thought it was smasher. Is it stomper? I think it's Stomper. Yeah. It is Stomper. You're right. Uh, Captain Car- Carter, obviously, definitely. Um, but I think it's I think it's 50-50 as to whether or not we'll get the Hydra Stomper along with her. Would be cool. Would definitely be cool. All right. What if T'Challa became Star-Lord? Um, well, obviously, T'Challa. Think we'll get anybody else? <sighs> I wonder if they're going to get Ego. No, I don't think so. I think I think it's just going to be T'Challa Star-Lord. Yeah. Okay. I mean, what, maybe Thanos? Mm, maybe. That could be interesting. Maybe, but probably not. Uh, all right, next one. This is a hard one. What if the world lost its mightiest heroes? That one's tough because everyone's dead. Yep. Um, except for Nick Fury, maybe Nick Fury. <sighs> Nick Fury, and then also um, Captain uh, uh, Carol Danvers, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. yeah. My guess is if we get anybody from this one, it's going to be her. But no one else is different enough from that universe for it to be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they're going to do Danvers from this one, though. You don't think so? No, I. I, I don't because I think because uh, Danvers is is in the world where um you know Ultron comes through and, and starts to destroy it. So I, I figure like maybe interesting. Okay. She, no, no, he's yeah. not. No, she's not. She was in a planet. He got blown up. She got blown up. Ultron went to uh, I think Xandar, and then she showed up, and she's like, "I saw the Terminator movies, and they don't oh, need sequels." Yeah. That's and right. he's like, I'm going to throw you in the planet and we're going to blow up together and I'm going to be the only one standing. He's, I think she was literally the last person he killed in the, the multiverse universe. In that, in that universe? In that universe, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I think that's right. Um, so, yeah. So, hmm. I, I don't know. If, if anybody from that one, I'm going to say it's, it's Carol Danvers, but I, I could be wrong. Uh, what if Doctor Strange lost his... Yeah, we already got that one. We know who that is. What if zombies... <laughs> Spider-Man. I mean, 
maybe maybe ant-man's head <laughs> maybe ant-man's head that's actually i don't know that'd be hilarious if, if we got ant-man's head but no, i think i think definitely uh, uh spider-man and then also the cape is coming with him Cloak oh yeah, yeah 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 uh what if killmonger rescued tony stark uh i, I don't know like maybe maybe the armies of wakanda mm, nope i'm gonna say killmonger as black panther okay yeah because I mean, like you know, you, you can't get your revenge if Ultron comes and wipes out your universe. Yeah, yeah, that might be a hard sell for him. But I think I think that's who we're getting. I think we're gonna get a um, I, I, that's and if that's the case, it's the one I'm the most interested in seeing him interact with these other characters. Uh, and then, what if Thor were an only child? Um, well, Thor, because we just see Ultron show up there. Yeah, and yeah. he hasn't been destroyed yet. So I'm I'm thinking maybe we'll get. Thor, um, yeah, I think Thor. But so, I think you're right. Party Thor is definitely coming along for the ride. It'd be great if we got Ice Giant Loki as well, just because yeah. that was an awesome interpretation of Loki. But uh, yeah, Party Thor for for sure. Okay, but, yeah. but, but, here, but here's the thing though: like we're we're missing one very very powerful Avenger, uh, and that would be Scarlet Witch. Uh, well, so we don't have Vision. Although I guess you could argue that Vision is represented in being the bad guy or being the body of the bad guy um scarlet witch zombie scarlet witch versus infinity stone to ultron i want to know look, I, that sounds awesome but i still want to see zombie scarlet witch versus the hulk who do you think wins that oh yeah i don't know i mean maybe we'll see the end of that fight when they come to get zombie scarlet witch uh that'd be pretty awesome but i doubt it i think we're going to get really more of a question of what's going on in wakanda there with zombie thanos um but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all of these uh, these potential heroes from across the multiverse come together. How do you think they're going to beat uh, beat Ultron? I hope it's not a beam fight. That's all I care about. I just don't want it to be a beam fight. Do you think we'll see that tentacle monster thing? Yeah, they'll probably like, you know, when uh, um, Strange like made a bunch of copies of themselves and like shot out the ribbons and like held Thanos. I'll bet yeah. we're going to see that except for it's going to be tentacles. Yeah, but okay, so he didn't kill that thing. He just took some of its arms. Yeah, so he can still shoot tentacles. No, 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 no. But I'm all right. So do you, oh, you uh, think the, the, the big monster is gonna show up? All right, so if I'm not mistaken, and I think the big assumption, I don't think this has ever been concerned confirmed, but is that that's supposed to be Shumagorath? You know, Shumagorath, that MCU, yeah. that, that Marvel character that everybody is well known, that is well known throughout uh, every household in America, Shumagorath. Well, if you've played Marvel versus Capcom, you know Shumagorath. That's true. And Shumagorath is an annoying character to play in Marvel versus Capcom. But yes, yeah, giant tentacle monster, I believe, I don't think it's confirmed, but everybody's kind of going based off the assumption that whatever Captain Carter was fighting, whatever Stephen Strange took the arms of, it was Shumagorath. Considering that we got a little bit of consistency there, do you think that that is setting up the concept that we will see Shumagorath play into future movies? Or is it possible that that's a character that's going to somehow appear again in this universe? Possibly they're going to like, you know, use that to take down the infinity Ultron. Uh, that would be neat. Like, I, I think that would be a really interesting way to uh, introduce Shumagoath into like, you know, Marvel people. Like, cause, cause even, you know, even people who are fans of the movies and haven't read any of the comics, like you said, they're not going to know who that is, but uh, this would be a way to introduce those people who do follow all the stuff to, to that character. No, and I think that I think that there's something to be said for using this as kind of a backdoor introduction in that way for characters. 
Um, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing kind of what, how this all trickles out. It's such a, it's such a bizarre concept, but then of course, we've got the multiverse of madness coming up with Dr. Strange. We've got Spider-Man No Way Home. The multiverse continues to play a massive role in the MCU as a whole. And yeah, what has been established here in these Disney Plus series is going to have probably significant impact overall. Uh, Loki already has. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, I think we're just going to get a, a major continuation of that. So really excited to see what, what comes uh, from here, man. Um, any final speculation before we uh, cut it off? I don't know. I just, you know, I, I, I want to find an opportunity to be like, yeah, I called it, but like, it's it's the multiverse <laughs> anything can happen yeah could, could be anything so i i don't know i i don't think there's really uh too much i can i can sort of spec i mean i howard, howard the, the duck, duck man that's yeah. Not, yeah exactly <laughs> howard the duck is, is uh is, is gonna is gonna kill uh uh infinity husband uh, by the way husband of darcy the duck yeah darcy the duck yeah um, that was, that's that great hilarious. yeah that, <laughs> i'll ship good. it why not yes yeah, absolutely. why not why not uh, All right. Uh, overall, thus far, with the realization that, of course, we haven't gotten a finale out of five stars, what do you give the series so far? Uh, wasn't as good as Loki, which I gave five. I think I had fewer problems with it than I did Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to remember what I gave. I, I know I know. I gave Loki a five, I think. And I think I gave Falcon and Winter Soldier a four or a three. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that I gave Falcon one a shoulder a three. So I'm going to give this one a four. Sounds good, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give this one a, I think, I think a solid four. I've, I've really enjoyed the vast majority of these episodes. It's, it's, they can be kind of hit or miss just based on the way in which, you know, they're all contained, but that also makes them kind of fun to talk about as well. And, uh, and, you know, the fact that they still play into the, the finale, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all ends. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, this is a different kind of way in which we've approached kind of a binge watch before not covering the last episode so we're leaving it open for speculation what do you think is going to happen let us know your thoughts hit us up on twitter at flash tv talk uh, you can find information on the show at, at tvtalk.fm, including our contact information that's going to do it for us for this week but for me for bell for bell's mom hi mom let's make like thanos and split <laughs> <laughs>
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.